it, and I actually typed Roman War Helmet into Google and did not get one pornographic image. I actually exhausted the images of Google Image without finding a single erotic Roman War Helmet image. I just typed that in, and like the second hit is like two baseball players kissing. <laughs> well, yes, you're right. But there's no dicks. And that's really well, I'm like sorry to disappoint you, but that's pretty good for the second hit. You have to admit. Yes. That must have been a new thing I missed. Yeah, the the dick search button? Yeah, there is no erotic imagery. Search.com. So we were discussing uh, the method of right. how we're going to do this. I'm figuring that's how we wound up on Google. Pete assumed that you had some sort of iPhone app, which solves the world. Well, I do. Do you? Okay. Uh, no. No, he doesn't have an that, iPhone, so there's the problem. iPhone app. Yeah, none, none of you have iPhones. Like, we all had iPhones, sure. We could all just... I'm sure there's got to be a dice roller on the internet, though. Or a straw puller, for that matter. There has to be some sort of overcomplicated internet mechanism that we could use to decide a random number between one and three. Dungeons & Dragons dice roller, first hit. Bam! So not only is it uh, there, but it's it's there for us. Right, I could put a modifier a... into the D4. <laughs> no, fuck you. This is straight. <laughs> you don't get a bonus like for your charisma. Nothing is straight in this conversation. Oh, let's get into a nice nerdy argument uh, over which dice to roll. Well, People we can... really want to listen to that. <laughs> well, if we do a D20, uh, odds and evens? Let's go with uh, uh, six-sided dice because that's what you know dice look like. Yes. So you're you're going with the D and D branded die roller, but you're going to the D six so we can sound like we're regular people without horrible drool cups underneath our faces. No, obviously we're not regular people. That's yeah. clearly off the table. But <laughs> no, my reason is because people who aren't like us know what you know it doesn't fucking matter. Just pick one. <laughs> Let's just hit the D four. D four, I like that. So There's three of us. We'll hit the D4. There's a high chance of ties that we can argue over. I like it. Let's go. Uh, All right. One, two, two, three, three, roll. And what did that solve? I have a four. (laughs) Goddamn thing. Okay. (laughs) So I have a one. What did you guys get? I got a four. You're in favor of homelessness. Way to go. (laughs) All right. Well, I just rolled and got a nan. N-A-N. Really? Okay, yeah. You're you're for homelessness because technology doesn't like you. God damn it. How... How did I mess up a D4? N A N. My numbers are coming out as letters. How do you do this? Are I you? I didn't do anything wrong. It's coming up again and again. I don't know what's happening to me. And now you're homeless. Congratulations. Uh, you're in favor of homelessness. Yeah, clearly, um, I'm the fat one. Pete's the racist, and I'm not the racist. I'm the bald one. Is six of one, half dozen the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's male pattern. It's not shaving. Doesn't matter because as soon as you start to get that that um, that that crippling genetic disability that has rendered you a a, a Batman villain like freak in our society, you have immediately blamed the black man for your misfortune. Well, that's is... two against one. Pizza yeah. rapist. No, uh, no, no, I think no. We've solved quite a bit tonight. Well, yeah, I think we're done. Okay. Uh, he's rape uh, well, I mean, here's the problem with the topic of homelessness: is now Jeff is placed in the un, uh, unenviable position of being in favor of homelessness, and I still could not tell you what the hell that means. Like, yeah, homelessness like, is a bad thing, Sean. I, 
I don't understand how you have a hard concept with this. Like, no one wants to be homeless. We've got... But Jeff does. Yeah, Jeff wants to be homeless. Have you seen his hair? Uh, I don't necessarily... I'm not necessarily in favor of me being homeless. I'm in favor of you being homeless. You went to Africa. Well. <laughs> it's kind of like being homeless. That's... <laughs> He did go build homes for other people, not for yourself. <laughs> you're kind of uh, you're kind of incriminating kind of uh, Yeah, I think I am trying to be homeless. I mean, as a white guy, if you'd gone to Africa and did what white people normally do, just take other people's houses from them, mm. then I would say you were against homelessness. But the fact that you went and built houses for other people and not for yourself indicates a certain level of selfishness that's just it's just untenable. What's your problem with homes? Not oh, against homes. Well, if you're for homelessness, you've got to be against homes, right? That that makes sense. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm for homes. Um, I'm just I'm just also for homelessness. Um, Are you against I, living in homes? No, um, just kind of for transientness. I'm basically pro gypsy, pro homo. Yeah, I mean, there's Wait, nothing where are you wrong. From? You know, living the life of a of a uh, you're of, pro vagabond. Yeah. Okay. I can work with that. Yeah. I've I've often um celebrated the life of somebody who was so rich and and famous that they could just bounce around the world from hotel to hotel. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you're yeah. like they, there's a weird like homes are for the middle class. Like if you're really rich, you don't really have one because you don't need one. And if you're really poor, you can't afford one. Yeah, but it's kind of the same thing. Only it's a question of either you have all the stuff and everything's kind of yours anyway. Mm-hmm. Or you have nothing. So, uh, for example, uh, give me somebody like really like psychotically rich and famous. Lionel Richie. That is neither. Uh, how about uh, Jack Nicholson? Right. Let's go with him. Okay. Like he's somebody he could show up in like, you know, the the the, the Kalahari Bush, and there's going to be people like, oh, The Shining. You know, that level of like crazy famous. I would actually leave my house if Jack Nicholson was like. Hey, you bald fuck, get out. And I'd be like, uh, he's got a good point. I gotta leave now. So he's just so famous and rich that he just he owns does whatever all the he wants. Stuff. Yeah, he gets all the stuff. Like he it's his stuff. Like he, mm-hmm. he can just have it. So there's a certain amount of gift bags at the Oscars and uh people sending you things for promotions that at a certain well, point just you saw, just yeah, I saw um Pat Oswald do a bit about how you know he was he was at this house in California, and this is a thing they do. But fundamentally, what it means is that rich, famous people get to go into this house where people give them free shit for being rich and famous. Actually, as far as I've heard it, they have people do it for them. Yeah, I think if you're rich and famous enough, you send your lesser, less rich, less famous uh, assistant, like like some sort of like like sort of celebrity lobot to go get stuff for you. Like that duck-faced guy in Entourage. Yeah. I've never seen this show. Somebody's been murdered. Who's been can, murdered? Can you hear the sirens? I, I live in the ghetto. Can you see, hear the sirens over my mic? Is that, that no. uh, going to be a problem? I was just listening to Smodcast, and I heard the sirens in Kevin Smith's neighborhood, so I think we're okay. Well, he's, I guess, homeless. But so far, all we've done is convince me that I need to give up my apartment as soon as possible. Look, imagine how imagine how great it would be to be so rich that you just kind of do what you're doing about your day, and then when you're done, you just look over, find a house, knock on the door, and say, "Hi, I'm Jack Nicholson. I'm gonna stay here tonight." He totally does that. It, yeah. it's like it's like being like an occupying soldier. You could just do whatever you want. See, I, and, and they're happy to have you. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's their American duty. Yeah, but my thing is like that's what we're doing this podcast for, right? Like we all want to get rich and famous, and the only way to get there is to do free podcasts. So you're saying that we're raising awareness for the rich and famous? Yes, they're I people see. too. I I was unclear of the the purpose of this podcast, but. I, I think I get it now. There's there's really not enough um, uh, awareness programs for the rich and famous. I think it's assumed that you know all these people, but you know, occasionally a Bieber you know or a badass chick um, would show up. Not enough ironic and sarcastic podcasts. Mm. Uh, we should we should punch yeah. that up. Well, okay. okay, you really can't hear these sirens. I really can't hear those sirens. Okay, here's my thing. I guess against homelessness. Uh, so try your best. Yeah. Okay, we're 12 days into the new year, right? We've already got a celebrity of the year who was homeless for the first seven days of the new year. Who is this? How is that against? Oh, bear with me. Bear with me. He is now so famous that people are giving him houses. That's not fair. I, I, I'm still unaware of who this is. Is this like a, like a radio show prank where someone's trying to live on top of a billboard? No, no, this days? actually happened. No, this, this was like a thing. This, this guy was on YouTube, and it's an amazing video. You got to see it. Like, uh, and, and I'm sure that by, by now pretty much every human that has YouTube has seen it. Yeah. Uh, so this guy pulls up. You know, there's this, like right near my neighborhood. Like you've both driven here. There's always that guy with that sort of ratty kind of uh, oatmeal spackled sign that's like, I'm homeless, I love Jesus, I don't do drugs, please give me some money, and you roll up your window and you drive past him because that's the American way. Yeah. And so this is like that guy, right? And he's like this sort of scraggly looking, uh, bad just, teeth. Yeah, he um, just looks just covered in AIDS. Really craggy, really craggy dude. Kind of looks like a mummy, honestly. His face and looks like... The surface of the moon. And, and this guy walks up to this car, and like it's all kind of from the point of view of the driver, who's clearly videotaping homeless people while driving. So That's somebody you, you definitely want in your neighborhood anyway. The guy walks over, and he's – yeah, I mean just classic homeless guy. Not You can't fake that. Like they try and fake that in movies, and they're like, oh, well, we're just going to give him shitty clothes and give him like a long beard. But like real homeless, it echoes in the eyes. Like you can see it. And there's something where there's like – you know this this sort of this like like the snap of a chicken bone like this disconnect in the head that happens after I gets probably about a, a week of homelessness like true like I don't have a house I it's can't the, go anywhere all my shit is in a, a fucking shopping cart in front of the the quick check that kind of homelessness what you don't realize is that's that's the soul of the street homeless people have a hive mind where oh. they're they're all they're all living vicariously through each other and they are the eyes of the city. This is how superheroes figure out where the crime is. They tap into that homeless. Um, is it like a CB radio? It's it's like a superhero CB radio where they tap into the hive mind of the homeless, so they can have all eyes across the city. Kind of like this, that thing that that Lucius Fox destroyed at the end of Batman Two, the new this, one. This conversation is the gonorrhea of comedy. We're going nowhere with it. So this guy walks up to the uh, the door and he's like, you know, oh, love Jesus, please give me some money. I think we're about to be homeless. Yeah, I I love that. Oh, that nice pause right before. That wasn't bad. Yeah. I, I do a good woman. Um, fortunately, my penis is small. You do. So. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. You you sell it in every possible way, inside and out, and that's what I appreciate. Yeah. 
the, the kegels are paying off for you. Oh yeah. Well. So this guy walks up to this yeah. uh, to this window, <laughs> and like I said, craggy, uh, clearly actually homeless, or at least good enough at selling it that he's convinced the nation for several days. Then the guy rolls down the window and he's like, "Can you do your bit for us?" And you're expecting him to say like some sort of weird nonsense word salad, and you know, sort of beg for change while smelling of egg salad farts and desperation in that way. And instead the guy's like, hi, and welcome to WKRP Cincinnati or whatever the fuck he says. Uh, but that would have been awesome it, if he did WKRP. That show well, was fantastic. I, I don't remember what he did, but he, he just, he, he busts out with the kinda... most perfect classic radio announcer voice. Like it, it just it is a hundred percent dead on. Clearly this was what this guy did with his life. Like, you don't sound like that by accident. That That is easily what this guy did. And it was weird because, you know, you expect that to come from, like, a guy in a suit or yeah. at least some, Not a man who so, spent the past 20 years sucking cock on the corner for a crack. Or whatever. So what you're saying is that I lose this argument because by doing a podcast, what we're doing is putting radio voices out of work. Yes, because our voices are mwah. Magnifique. We are a thing of beauty. Our the the rhythm and the cadence of our choppy ums and overly long pauses between sentences is oh just gorgeous. Everybody's gonna want to listen to this. So uh, I, I see this good Ted Williams. Right. Yeah. That's is, there you go. And it yeah. has that weird like elongated head. Yes. That's like it's like it's almost like a character fucked a banana. Right. And then this guy has that crazy voice. So like. Literally within the week, he's on the Today Show. He does like a voiceover for Kraft. He's reconnecting with his family. I mean, this is total movie of the week bullshit. Now, and- here is the best thing that's come out of this. And I was just talking to Sean about this before. Because the celebrity of the year is a homeless person who's now been just catapulted into fame. News stations are that- now just kind of walking around little tent towns and and shanties and just kicking sleep as homeless people like hey wake up what arcane talent do you possess and can we make this week's uh slow news day story of the year i just uh, so they just walk around like with like a bag of of like props like uh like who's line like this guy like here, here's a ball here what could you do with this no no not a, okay not a ball <laughs> Here's a here's a, here's See, a well, can. Apparently, this was this this was this abortive thing. Like I, I looked that up, and it was this abortive like news uh, story that they tried to do in 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 some god awful flyover state because they clearly had nothing else to talk about. Oh, and know. you know, apparently they, they they were just now dawning upon the fact that the nation's homeless are a cavalcade of wonderment, and started yeah just kicking over their tents and being like, well, besides screaming and complaining about how cold it is, what what other amazing abilities do you have? And strangely enough, these people just kind of wanted to sleep. And the last thing that they wanted was like some manicured lady from the local news station filming their genitals. So it didn't go over well. It went over really badly. But I'm telling you, in a, in a world where we've got reality TV shows exactly. about, uh, I'm just I'm just thinking like th- this is this is something that like I think is just dawning on middle America. It's like one of those stories that not everybody in in, in America knows about, but people who who, like, say, live in New York or maybe Chicago or L.A., have been acutely aware for years, which is that the homeless are an incredibly talented uh, section of people, as long as you have the right eye for talent. Like, if entertainment is the goal, 
then clearly this is a fit bunch of people. Well, it depends on your – first of all, what you call entertainment. Like well, I am entertained by a good non sequitur. Three days ago, um, I'm in the Journal Square Path Station and there's some guy screaming uh, that Bullwinkle owes him money. And that is a good non sequitur. Wouldn't have gone on They bought my clothes? No. Bullwinkle owes him money. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now was this back. was this some of that bullshit street theater or was this was this legitimate homelessness? Oh no, this is you see Journal Square. They don't do street theater there. No, street, okay. street theater is for college and for white people, and Journal Square is emphatically neither. So uh, no, this 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 was real deal Holyfield uh, uh, homelessness um, in action. You know, not I, much happened beyond like sort of a, a a urine smell and a little bit of screaming, and then some. Um, Sort of weird, aimless shuffling that indicated a, a a really bad sense of balance. Okay, so we've established fun times for everyone, right? So Clearly, the homeless are entertaining. My question to both of you: Would, would you watch a show that was? All about homelessness. A reality TV show where uh, well, I mean that exists. Orman. There's that's happened before. I mean, for a long time that was sort of HBO's bread and butter, which they were like, oh, we pimps up, hose like, down. Yeah, right. Like we're gonna we're gonna film people in really shitty situations and show it to white people and say this shit is hilarious but terrible and you should feel bad, but also there's tits so you can jerk off to it. That I guess went over pretty well. Uh, now the problem I think is that whatever. Uh, Agency, whatever uh, station it was that did this this homeless thing, they uh, they they clearly sort of at the last minute and in the eleventh hour gave in to shame. And if you're gonna do this, yeah, you you just can't do that. So you need to find the people like there's that one where like brides are all competing to oh to, bridezilla. No, no, the one where they're all competing for uh, uh, plastic surgery. Supermarket sweep. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, there's literally a reality show where there are – yeah, there's like five brides, and they're all competing to get like a number of plastic surgery uh, additions. I don't know what the fuck you call that. Uh, procedures. This show really – This exists. This, this, this show depends on what you mean by competition. If this is, like, if this is double dare style competition, the show could be amazing. If you're competing for surgery, you're operating on a whole other level. You, I mean like no matter what it is, if you're competing – like th there is something so far removed from the regular human condition. How many people in their fucking lives compete for surgery? So this is happening on one of two ways, right? This is either going into this weird Dickensian way. Wait, 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 wait. According to the you need Tea to party, party, anyone who believes in socialism is competing for, you know, all the things you're talking about. Oh, no, no. No, no, that's not – well, first of all, that's not fun. But more to the point, it's not really <laughs> what I'm getting at here. Like you're talking about a bureaucratic political Pelosi thing, which – That it, still counts as competing. First of all – well, it's – yeah, but it's it's – Terrible podcast material for starters because like round you know, zero mosque. Okay, <laughs> 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 Jeff has pulled us back to center. Yeah, uh, because all of this is bad for podcasting. By the way, oh, I don't know if you know well, that. If you are competing for surgery, it's going one of two ways. Either this is something where you're going to die. This is like you're in Chev Chilios territory. 
And some sort of weird uh, twisted metal style psychopath is like, you need a new heart. And the only way to get it is by winning my my psychotic uh, drag race of death, which I don't think most Americans get to experience. Or you're in this reality TV show thing where it's like, okay, whoever, which of you ladies in this room can um, can give the most hand jobs to Flavor Flav uh, gets uh, gets her back fat liposuction. And then there's this sort of lightning blur of uh, of common desperation and somebody wins a a smaller back. Either way, there's nothing human going on here. Okay. I see what you're saying. I would like to propose a competition of sorts because I think if we put the Flavor Flav hand job up against kicking in homeless people's tents, Uh more people would be willing to watch the kicking of homeless people's tents than Flavor Flav. Well, I'm... I feel like that one's kind of a weird thing because, I mean, you know, like Flavor Flav is the go-to guy for, for reality show comedy because he's essentially homeless anyway. I, think, I don't care what he fucking lives in. Nobody with that face isn't homeless. Like, it's impossible. Yeah, well, that uh, face also encourages – Nick uh, Nolte is another control. one. You know, it's, it's, it's not a racial thing. It's just a, sometimes you just, you just have that gene. Like, picture Flavor <laughs> Flav in a suit. He's just yeah, going to look like a homeless guy that no, – he didn't steal the suit. Somebody put him in that suit because they thought it was funny. Same with Nick Nolte. Like, they, he, he didn't steal it. Like, it's because that would indicate some sort of agency. So Nick Nolte really is the bridge to all of this, where he is, he is incredibly famous off of his uh, 48 hours and another 48 hours fame, where he might be able to knock onto a door and get a free night of, of, of food and shelter. Uh, but also, flavor flames. Yeah. that's a good point. Maybe they're legitimate homeless people. Oh, yeah. Cool. Do you know where they live? No. They probably don't have a house. I, I think Flavor Flav lives in some sort of weird igloo made of hookers. <laughs> that's, I, mean, I mean, if I watch television, that's the idea I get. It, it, the impression I get is that he lives in a hooker igloo somewhere on the West Coast, probably in the South, close enough to enough cocaine to keep a locomotive going for at least six or seven days. And he keeps the rain off with vaginal discharge. That is the rain. It's like cement in a brick house. You just. I'm glad we're not going scatological with this. Like, there'd be a huge <laughs> temptation. I know. I almost went there. Like, oh, that's how we brilled. Yeah, brilled. Oh, my fucking God. Are you, are you appropriately ashamed of yourself, Pete? Uh, yeah, because my tongue is too wide for my mouth. That's Good. why I'm ashamed. So, the point I'm getting at, right, is that in order to put together a show where people compete, for or, or whatever these subhuman things are, compete for um, surgery. Like at some point, at some level in that, either the competitors or the weird uh, like action movie style psychopath putting it together, there's somebody who, there who, who has biological aversion to shame, utterly incapable of any sort of feeling uh, or, or human empathy. I think, back I think with this ready for comedy. The perspective this show needs is the level of surgery and the level of, of desperation. So, so what you're you're advocating here, Jeff, is, is surgically grafting homelessness onto reality show contestants. Because I fuck. would watch the shit. Yeah. Surgically graft homeless people together and have a three-legged race competition, <laughs> and the winner gets their legs surgically ungrafted. Um, didn't Kurt Russell kill you in the first Escape from New York? <laughs> Oh, man. I think we're missing the um, the many clever memes that, that, that homeless have come up with, like um, the clever homeless sign 
for instance, the humorous homicide, like, uh, you know, will eat donation. Oh, you're talking about the, like, at least I'm honest. I'm going to use the money for beer. Like those guys. Yes. Like you're, you're, I'm a lot of people are like over that, but, um, you know, the people who are over that also have, um, shelter, you know, like I, I, I don't begrudge those guys for not necessarily being the greatest comedy legends, you know, since, Shecky Chucklestein that ever walked the face of the earth. If you are addicted to crystal meth and, you know, fighting pigeons for warmth, you don't have as much time to dedicate to writing the best jokes. Well, all these people have left is the pun, Sean. <laughs> it's, it's sad. It's sad because uh, it's true. You know, it's that also is sad. painfully tragic. Oh, ball sweat. What? I like how that just sat there. (laughs) (laughs) So we can all picture it. (laughs) I'm just watching on GarageBand this line. Like, we just killed somebody. (laughs) We pulled the fucking plug on podcasting. Also, don't don't forget the classic bum fights. How many hours and hours of entertainment have been given now by bum fights? Yeah, that's true. Frat boys everywhere are date-raping their way through... Bum fights, volume twelve. There's, I mean, there's plenty of positive contributions that the homeless have given to, to society at large. How tough it is to find an apartment, and just think of how much a homeless guy is helping you by not living in that apartment. Also, we have homeless icons like Oscar the Grouch, Snuffleupagus. Guess homeless? Where the yeah, fuck did he live? Snuffleupagus is homeless. No, Big Bird had a nest. Snuffleupagus just fucking wandered the streets. That's yeah, he did kind of have that, like, that mange that, like, like when homeless guys get, like, those dreadlocks and they all, like, turn to the one dreadlock at the bottom. Like, that one big, disgusting, just Matt yeah, Brillo dreadlock. Um, other positive icons, like, um, who's that UFC fighter? The, the, the freak show. Uh, God damn, what the hell's his name? Way out of my wheelhouse. I don't know. You guys have both fought people in front of crowds what? for the entertainment of others. I've never done that, so... Yeah, uh, like Lionheart. We were stars of Lionheart, yeah. I was thinking more Gladiator, just with less butt-fucking. Was there butt-fucking Gladiator? I don't know, but it was the Romans, and the Greeks invented homos, so it's Oh, you were watching a different movie, my friend. (laughs) How many words was Gladiator? What? (laughs) Answer the question. I didn't hear the question. How many words was Gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> it was saving private, Ryan's private. Uh, I just stepped all you over that fucking that. joke <laughs> with my marble mouth. <laughs> that is why your balls are sweating, sir. Yeah, <laughs> lovely gems such as that. You, you've got to stick the landing on at least one of these. No, no. <laughs> I think that's going to be my shtick, is to just ruin everything. I'll let Sean be the verbose motherfucker. I'll let Jeff be the witty pun guy. And I'm just going to ruin everything by mumble-mouthing through the entire goddamn thing. I'm, 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 I'm into this already. I'm- it's like the Tom Green show. You know, like you had Tom Green got charisma and he's kind of funny in that jackass kind of way. And then you had his co-host who just kind of got dragged along, kicking and screaming, and was really just kind of unhappy through the entire he got thing. A career off of being a guy who didn't like putting his dick in a moose. Yeah. And then okay. Tom Green got cancer. You you literally just ground everything to a screeching halt to make a Tom Green reference. Yes. <laughs> to pull us back 10 no. years. No, that's my job. 
That's your thing. That's that's gonna be my thing. I'm just right, gonna kill about the storks yet? Anybody? Oh, anyone wow. want to go back to the storks? Yeah. Remember that oh, time this Gargamel? Me of this Ani DeFranco record I have here. <laughs> White people are so scared of black people. Is that Ani DeFranco lyric? Yes, that's Ani DeFranco. You're clearly a lady. Why is your voice so deep? Wow, I just Google imaged Ani DeFranco, and I think we were sticking within the realm of homelessness. She's oh, got a weird mange thing going on. She was a musician in the nineties. That was no choice, but that was the, that was the thing. Like if you if you were okay, like in the seventies, if you were a musician, like they hadn't invented AIDS yet, so you mm. got ass from everywhere. And you did your coke. dick was perpetually wet, even if you were a lady. Like that's just how it was. You looked gay as hell. Yeah. Like I don't care if you were the Marlboro a country singer, because that was the way things looked. And then Reagan ruined everything by inventing AIDS. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Him and that chimp invented AIDS back in the eighties. <laughs> he did have a monkey. He did. How did I forget that? This whole no other president has had a monkey. I think that should um, be in the in Don't, the... don't, don't. <laughs> Damn it. We're gonna no. be too political here. Nope. Uh-uh. No. Just Obama. No. There's. Oh. Mm. I was. I was going a whole different direction. Pete is the racist. Jesus. Oh Lord. We yeah. earned that explicit tag. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was going to go into like Jimmy Carter and orangutan, but. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I, I so, saw the inevitable turnout, and I'm, I'm. 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 I'm calling a halt. But you're right. The '90s. The '90s was full of homeless. I mean, not only on DeFranco, but the uh, the the chick for on blondes. Uh, was clearly homeless. Okay, how about um, the poster boy for the entire decade? Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Uh, Kurt Cobain was a homeless guy. Homeless. Yeah. homeless. His homeless. wife, completely homeless. Probably still, still homeless. homeless. Yeah. I, I think his wife probably was able to earn out like some sort of, you know, she's probably able to, to... Actually, that's a good point. There's probably a lot of like women who are able to just fuck themselves into home. Yeah, like, that's, actually... that's prostitution. Yeah. Different I flavor of homeless. Form. Still homeless. Form of homelessness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's famous, so she is, I guess, you know, they get into this whole gender politics, like all famous people are whores, so I guess they're doing it a different way. Uh, but, uh... The point that I'm I'm getting at is that that woman is on way too many drugs to be homeless. I think. Well, regardless of whether they are homeless or not, they're they're pushing a homeless agenda. They're they're clearly pro homeless and, and advertising. They kind of like Bono. All right, I, I'm going to say you you've got the '90s on your side, and my rebuttal is going to be the '50s. I like that. Um, now I wasn't there, believe it or not, but I'm going to say that the '50s were probably a enormously shitty time to be homeless, like aggressively anti-homeless. The whole thing was all about, you know, I, I, I just got this new dishwasher and it has brought me eternal life. So, and, and like it was a time before they were even fucking ironic or introspective about that. That was just accepted. But the 50s had the beatniks. And the beatniks were kind of like their resident homeless. Yeah, they almost um, – Well, here we're getting into the like, argument, uh, and I guess the culmination of this, and the, the, the logical conclusion of this, of this winds up with – you've got the 50s, which is aggressively anti-homeless. You've got the 90s, which is aggressively pro-homeless. In the middle of that, you have this weird melange, right, where there's the 60s that's clearly the clash of both because – Everybody remembers the 60s because this, like, I guess was weirdly enough the team that won the fight that was like, you know, and they think everything was, was Woodstock and Abby Hoffman and orgies that tasted like mud. And that 
is a big part of the propaganda we get about the 60s, but you know, it's it's pretty clear that there were a lot of very square motherfuckers in the 60s that those guys had a problem with. So, you, you know, there was also this weird other aspect of the 60s that was a sort of Don Draper, Saul Bass, aggressively anti-homeless, anti-hippie, anti grooviness contingent that was um, in some degree of power through most of it so that they could get pissed off and write songs and, and, and fuck each other in the rain. So I'm going to give the 60s a total wash. But this just goes towards my argument of in, in the 60s, would you want to be the guy in the power suit selling a, a Polaroid camera or would you want to be living in Haight-Ashbury just all homeless and cool and doing drugs and listening to the Stones all day? Oh, that's a good point. Okay, so yeah, the 60s go to homeless. Wait, no. No, if Mad Madden taught us anything, it's that the dude in the suit was getting laid even more and getting way less crabs. Because like, okay, yes, you can fuck Janis Joplin, but most of the time you're fucking bag ladies. And granted, young, hot bag ladies. But while that's going on, clearly all of the ad execs in the world are pulling down James Bond pussy at all times. <laughs> I think it's a win, but it's a loss. I mean, they still won, like, you know, the that whole whoever uh, wins can rewrite history. Clearly, they've re- the, the homeless won the 60s. Woodstock alone won the 60s. They, they kicked the shit out of the 60s, no question. But it might have been a Pyrrhic victory. Did I pronounce that right? Where, where yeah. you know. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I really haven't been paying attention for the past five minutes. However, <laughs> a year ago. Today, the earthquake in uh, Haiti made a ton of people homeless. So I got that. That's really Shackless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem I have with that whole thing is, is uh, I, I don't know that they were particularly homed to begin with. I'm not sure like that's how the problem much... with the earthquake in Haiti is that well, you weren't sure if they had homes in the first place. Like, I'm sure that but, there must have been some vague semblance of a middle class in Haiti, but Haiti is probably not a good place to have a home in the, in well, the there first was a giant White House mansion we kept seeing that collapsed for the, the president had to go find some Hilton-like hotel to live in. I thought everything collapsed. I, I thought it, well, yeah, itself. but that was a nice big house. I, yeah, I, I, think, I mean, that's I the president. The one... like, how many people in it? Like, I, and again, I haven't been there. So, I mean, for all I know, Haiti might be this this weird Bel Air version of of the Caribbean, but... I mean, everything I've seen on the news indicates that Haiti is full of two things, which is to say desperate, insane levels of poverty that we don't even have the fucking tools to comprehend here, and zombies. So easily the worst mm. place in the world to be homeless. Zombies make wow. everything better, though. That's a good point. The only way you defeat zombies is to go into a home. Into a home. Or, to see, or a mall. Windows. Which is kind of like home, but you need to get into a house. You need to get into some sort of structure. So, you know what? Yeah, the homeless have a huge disadvantage against the zombies. Yeah. Wow. On the other hand, when they become zombies, man, they're good at it. Because yeah. basically, Hell, they just get to like take the chains off. I would just shoot one in the head just to be you – know, I'm not err on the side of caution there. I'm just going to start shooting homeless people in the face and hope that they're all zombies. Well, the you zombie need to wait for the, the zombie apocalypse to begin? No, I'm saying we start now. Let's be proactive. Why wait until the zombie apocalypse starts? Let's make sure it doesn't. See All right, someone well, who's like a uh, zombie? Again, and, and, and you're not too far from me here, Pete, and I've seen you especially when you get up in the morning. Here's the reason I'm not going to be so quick to adopt that point of view is because I'm a kind of chunky white guy with a beard who um, – doesn't dress well. So uh, as soon as we say it's open season on homeless people, somebody's going to mistake me. I mean it's, it's just a matter of time. 
and quite frankly, of the three of us, the only one who's getting out of that okay is probably Jeff. Yeah, that's what Jeff uh, gets for being mildly attractive. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the the leading man thing he's got going on. It's not my fault. I can't grow a beard. No, it will I, help I, in the zombie apocalypse, though. It's good. It's they, they, this is not a bad thing. This keeps you alive. Yeah. Well, you're in your inability to grow a beard and your ability to uh, to to carry a narrative is what is going to keep you alive and, more importantly, in the house. Yeah. The zombie like, apocalypse comes. Sean and, and I. And you 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 even you've even got a shot at getting laid in there. Yeah, not me. Unless uh, I'm fucking the sleeve of someone's favorite coat. That's the only hope I have of getting laid in a zombie apocalypse. That's kind of bittersweet, actually. <laughs> it's like a memory of the world that was. I, I mean, I, like, I'd come into that room and I'd just sort of like shed a single tear and like sort of wave you on <laughs> and then like leave. Yeah. Just well, think about things for a long time. The apocalypse would be a nightmare. Because oh I would still not be having sex. So really, I've got nothing to look forward to. That's why I'm going to start killing homeless and zombie lookalikes now. You, that's, you, you missed my entire point. You, you are a homeless-looking person. What? You're a homeless-looking person. I am. I am. You, are, you look homeless. So the problem is, is if you say it's time to start killing homeless-looking people, better-looking people like Jeff are going to start hunting uglier people like us. Because we look homeless. It doesn't matter if you are homeless or you aren't homeless. The only thing that might save you, you got a, a, a very pretty big titty girlfriend. I if do. you could somehow prove that, you no. might be okay. No, but no one, you're literally going to have to hide behind her. No one is going to believe. They're going to see her rack, look at me, look back at her rack, and then just shoot me. Like, okay, well, I've solved that math. He's going <laughs> to be a bad guy in this. And I, 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 I'm sure like an, a constant source of frustration to my wife is the fact that I, uh, I, I fit into the same, same category. Oh, yeah. So I am often hiding behind her in, in social situations, not only to prove that uh, I have some value as a, as a human being, but also like, look, I've that I have a house. This, yeah, I've duped I have, this I have a place to go. I'm person. not here to, to eat your food and live like a raccoon in your backyard. I am because I, I mean I, this is a blonde and that's the big leagues. I think the uh, the the silver lining in this golden shower of a dream is that uh, I'm gonna be taken out early. Whether it's because I've been mistaken for a homeless person or because someone wants to rape my girlfriend, I'm dead. So I don't have to suffer through everything else. I'll be dead this is just lazy. Like so, yeah. She gets, <laughs> she's she's getting raped, but at least it's not your problem. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to hold dead. her hand afterwards. I'm dead. You could proactively use her as currency. Yeah, no, that would probably. You're gonna feel bad trouble. about that. You, you are gonna feel bad about that, and then you're gonna go back, and then you're gonna get shot. And the worst part is that the the guy like he shoots you right, mm -hmm. and you're bleeding to death, and um, you know, there's zombies eating your balls. Yeah. And while that's happening, that guy gets like five minutes to gloat. And during that time, he's going to uh, fuck your girlfriend. And she's going to be into it because you used her as currency. Yeah, that's how I wouldn't. That's how that you... always goes. Every fucking movie where some douchebag like uses the chick as currency, she's like, well, fuck that asshole. I'm going to fuck the bad guy now. And she's right mm -hmm. to do it. I mean, that's perfectly reasonable. I wouldn't use yeah. her as currency first because I watched that Richard Greer movie. The one where he puts the turbo in or? 
I watched that one oh, too. Did we really go to that well? <laughs> is this <laughs> yes. the one where he tangos with a Hispanic woman, or is this the one where he pretends he's a medieval knight? Uh, I was afraid we were going to go to Pretty Woman, but you went gayer. Congratulations. <laughs> um, wow. I, I was going... Movie. Yeah. I was going for the one where he offers someone a million dollars to bang their girlfriend. And then oh, like, is that Richard Gere? No, that was Robert Redford. No, that was Richard Gere. No, that was totally Robert Redford. It was uh, Demi is, Moore and yeah. uh, and Woody from Cheers and Robert Redford. And Robert was Redford called? was going to fuck Demi Moore for a million dollars. It was uh, The Crying Game, right? What was, what was that called? It was uh, a decent proposal. Uh, oh, the Crying Game was so much hotter. Especially there was, in the last five minutes. <laughs> no question there. There was a time in the 90s where I literally found myself patrolling casinos looking for a guy like that. Like, like it wasn't what, like you you know, it wasn't like I'm like hoping you know to do anything surreptitious. Like like my girlfriend would 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 send me out and be like um, see if somebody wants to fuck me for a million dollars because we are poor. Yeah. And I, I you know, that, that guy is like a fucking unicorn. Like, no matter how hard you look, it just doesn't exist. Because Robert you know, Redford doesn't want to get your sloppy seconds. Let's be honest. No, no, no way is a rich guy at a casino going to fuck a homeless guy's sloppy seconds. That's absolutely out of the question. He can get that James Bond-level pussy from Don Draper. He doesn't need me. I'm, I'm going to come back around to, to the beginning again and, and say that you've, you've yeah, yet again proved my argument. I, I, I think that you've yet again proved my argument in the fact that you, um, you, there's I, – I ain't going to lie, Jeff. This is not going well for us. There's, there's two ways to get a girl. You could mm-hmm. have – you could be the rich and popular guy who pulls up in the Mercedes and, and, and the that nice clothes and, for us. And, and says, you know, I have so much money that you won't have to work. Get my car and, and we'll have sex. Or you could be the homeless artsy type and, and look like Colin Farrell. With the, the disgusting, dirty beanie cap and the ripped jeans and the shirt that looks like it hasn't been washed in six weeks and show up and say, I'm tortured. I don't know how to bathe myself. Yeah, I'm an artist. Do you want to have sex with me? Let me live in your home for free. Yeah, and that, and that's that, my that works, game. That's, yeah, that works that's all just I got. as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all my patter. That's, yeah, that's, that's my bread and butter right there is yeah. duping. Is, okay, Pete, we need to reconvene because this is really going badly for us. Yeah. How God, how many how many guys shit. have gotten laid thanks to homelessness? Wait, 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 wait. We need to, we need a clarifying statement on that because does blowing strangers in a train bathroom count as getting laid? Emphatically. Yeah. Then no a lot of homeless people have a ton of sex. Yeah, I, yeah. There's no question there because they keep making more of them. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> is that a social problem? They just keep breeding, and we can't stop them. <laughs> See, I say this as a joke, but the sad fact is, is that that's kind of true. I mean, it, it, it's there. There's there is a a kernel of of, of painful truth to that. Is that uh, you get two people who uh, live um, in an abandoned train car, which or, is impressive uh, now. Like how many train cars are there? Left? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about you know like 270 feet under like Washington Square Park. Okay. You get two people; they're kind of addled. They're clearly out of it, and it's not going to take that long for one of them to realize that they've got uh, you know compatible body parts. You know what's uh, entering into this equation? Pangea. Condoms. That's not coming up. Oh yeah. Like no joke. That's a sad fact. I have torpedoed the funny. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my bit. 
Congratulations. I, I was here to <laughs> well, no, ruin the Hulks I, and Because I'm bringing everybody down on purpose. Like, you are fucking things up. And I was like, no, let's, let's make this sad. <laughs> I would like to just come back around to the Times Square mosque. If we could just get back <laughs> at a real hard-hitting issue. <laughs> okay. Along those lines, strangely enough, I uh, tried to look at the West Memphis Baptist Fred Phelps Church. Uh, website. Oh, man, those guys need to be there. That enters into this somehow, or is that just one of your bookmarks? Well, that nope. is one of my bookmarks. But that is a tab. Lonely nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their Aryan dream keeps a lone time. No, but they. Uh, fuck! I had a joke in there somewhere, and I had now just swallowed I, 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 it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you laugh. Yes, yes, I do. Do we want to put a ribbon on uh, homelessness and, uh, and and give that one to Jeff and uh, go into Fred Phelps? We'll have we'll have two weeks backed up. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm totally for this because we've got an hour. I'm going to have to edit of this fucking trite bullshit. So let me stop that. <laughs> it, 